Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today, we have a late Thursday night episode coming your way. We are going to be talking about the late slate of college football, the night games for Saturday night this week. Um, Just kind of the way everything worked out, it was easier for me to record here on a Thursday night than to do it Friday morning. So, you know, we'll, we'll release a little bit early, see how it works out. Um, This is the last podcast episode for the week, but if you are interested in any more stats, facts, figures, nuggets for the upcoming weekend of college football and NFL games, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. And also, if you are interested in playing our full DFS lineups, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Now, honestly, this is one of the best night slates of games we've had in a while on FanDuel and DraftKings, so I'm really excited to get into this one and talk about it. Let's go ahead and start off by talking about quarterbacks, but first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. So the quarterbacks in this slate start with one true king of the board, and by king of the board, I mean he is a full $2,000 in salary ahead of the next player, and that is Caleb Williams of USC. And look, I totally get why he's priced that high. He's got the highest upside of anybody on the slate. He plays in a fast-paced offense. He is a dual-threat quarterback. And when you look at, you know, the situations this game is in, Arizona is not a good defense. And so there's actually the highest over-under of the slate is this Arizona and USC game at 76.5. That might be the highest I've seen between two Power 5 opponents so far this season. I might be wrong on that, but that's the highest that I remember. And it also means that when you account for the spread, USC has an implied total of 45. That is ridiculous. That is insane. And if they get to 45, it's likely to be largely because of Caleb Williams. So look, I totally get it if you want to play him, but man, that is a steep price tag. I kind of feel like you can play Caleb Williams this week, but I would be very shocked if we look at the end of the day on Saturday night and the winner in a GPP has Caleb Williams in their lineup solely because of how expensive he is in this slate. Now, if you are looking to pay down a little bit, um, you know, these are guys that are in the upper 7,000s that are still really good options, and that is Drake May of North Carolina. In my opinion, his game log still outweighs his price tag. They have not really adjusted a lot of these North Carolina players. We're going to talk about a few more of them later. And, you know, UNC has an implied team total of 34. That's really not that significantly lower than USC's at 45. Now, Pitt's pass defense is not terrible. It is 43rd in the nation, but Carolina has shown that they're going to throw, 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 and Drake May is also a dual threat. He can run as well, and so I think that Drake May has a lot of upside. Uh, I don't know if I'm getting there on Drake May this week either, but I definitely think he's a live option here to put into your lineups. Slightly down the board is Hendon Hooker of Tennessee. Look, in my opinion, if I were voting on it today, Hendon Hooker would be my Heisman vote. Like, he has been outstanding for Tennessee. You know, we obviously all know about the upset against Alabama. And in fantasy, I think he is, you know, he's kind of been a really solid option week in and week out. His floor has been 22 fantasy points, which is really solid if you're playing cash games. In my opinion, he is the cash game king in this slate um, because of that floor. He runs, he throws. That Tennessee offense plays at one of the fastest tempos in the country, so you know you're going to get a lot of plays out of them. And Kentucky's defense, we've kind of seen it go back and forth between looking good and looking bad. So I definitely think that there is points to be had in this one. I don't know if Hooker has the same upside as a Caleb Williams, but I definitely think he's a really good option this week. And I'll be honest, he's probably a guy that I'm going to be putting into my lineups. Will Levis of Kentucky has not been so great recently, but we have seen QBs torch Tennessee all season long. You know, he's kind of on the other side of Tennessee in this one, and Tennessee's pass defense is not good. It currently ranks 130th in the country, worst in the Power Five. Like, that's it's like 
third to last, if I remember correctly. So, y'all, Tennessee's pass defense is bad. It's given up a lot of passing yards. And for the most part, they've played Bryce Young and a bunch of SEC East quarterbacks, which are not exactly, you know, future pro NFL quarterbacks. So I definitely think that Tennessee's pass defense being what it is, I think Will Will Levis is definitely a solid option this week. He also gets his number one receiver, Tavion Robinson, back from injury, which should definitely help him out a lot. So I definitely think that Will Levis, really good option going up against Tendon Hooker in Tennessee this week. J.J. McCarthy of Michigan, I think he actually has a lot of sneaky upside in this one. Because of how bad Michigan State is defensively, Michigan has an implied team total of 39 points, and you know, I kind of think that they get there, and I kind of think that McCarthy could be a big reason why. You know, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the running back situation here in just a little bit, but I definitely think that J.J. McCarthy is an option if Michigan State is as bad as we think they are this season. Now, let me give you a little stat that might help sway you on J.J. McCarthy a little bit. When Michigan scores 30 or more points, J.J. McCarthy averages 22 per game, If you throw out the Penn State game, because the Penn State game to me is an aberration. They ran the ball for like 500 yards. So if you throw out that game, he averages 22 points when Michigan scores 30 or more. I think that he's definitely an option. I definitely think that he gets to that number this week. Keaton Slovis of Pittsburgh. So, y'all, we've been talking all season about how we want to play quarterbacks against the UNC pass defense. Well, here is your chance to play Keaton Slovis of Pittsburgh against that UNC pass defense. Um, I think that, quite frankly, it's one of the worst pass defenses in the country. Believe it or not, I talk about how bad UNC is. They still rank ahead of Tennessee. They're 126th in the country. So I think that Keaton Slovis is definitely somebody that if you're looking to find a bargain at quarterback, that is who I would be targeting is Keaton Slovis of Pittsburgh. All right, so that does it for the quarterbacks. Let's go ahead and flip on over to the ground game and talk about some running backs, which I actually think is a really good slate of running backs in this one. This running back list starts off with Dwayne McBride of UAB. And look, I got to be honest, he's kind of like Conference USA Bijan Robinson. Like, um, he has an incredibly high floor. You know he's going to get the ball a lot. UAB runs the ball a ton. And so he's got the floor. I just don't know if I can get there on that price tag. I don't know if his ceiling is a whole lot higher than the other guys that I'm about to mention. And, you know, we're looking for ceiling when we play tournaments on DraftKings. And so I just don't know if I'm getting there because I don't know if his ceiling is significantly higher than the other guys on this list. When it comes to this slate of running backs, honestly, I think Blake Corum of Michigan is my guy. Um, He's probably the guy that if I'm paying up for running back, he is the one that I'm paying up for on this slate. He has a minimum of 25 carries in his last four games. So you know he's going to get the ball a ton. Michigan State is not a great rush defense. They give up about 153 yards rushing per game. So I think that he's definitely my guy this week as he goes up against that mediocre defense. Now, if you were looking to be a little bit contrarian, Donovan Edwards of Michigan, he's getting carries as well. He's getting double-digit carries, in fact. And if something were to ever happen to Blake Corum and he were to see a full-time role, like he could very easily score 30-plus points, just like Blake Corum does. So I definitely think that if you're looking to be contrarian, Donovan Edwards of Michigan is another option as well. Travis Dye of USC has a very interesting statistical profile, in my opinion. So he has outscored his carries every week of this season. So what that means is he has more than one fantasy point per carry every game he has played this season, which is a wild stat. Now, he's only been under 20 points once this season. He's been under 20 carries, more than that. Um, In Arizona, 
not a great defensive team. They give up over 200 rushing yards per game. So I definitely think that if you're not looking to get in on the Kayla Williams action, get in on the Travis Dye action because USC, I almost said UNC, USC is going to put up a lot of points. And Travis Dye, like I said, he gets over one point per carry. So if he gets 20 carries, he's going to get you 20 fantasy points. Pittsburgh's Izzy Abanaconda is, you know, we've seen the ceiling from him for sure. It was that six touchdown game against Virginia Tech, but that kind of skews his average. It kind of skews the game log, and I don't know. I just don't think I can get there on that price tag. North Carolina does not boast a good rushing defense. They give up 186 yards rushing per game, but I don't know. I think that Izzy, you know, as good of a player as he is, his price tag has forever been tainted by the one six touchdown performance, and I liked him a whole lot more in DraftKings and Fando when his price was lower. Chris Rodriguez Jr. of Kentucky is an interesting play. We know Tennessee is not a good defensive team, and we also know that Tennessee plays at one of the fastest tempos in the nation. So if the Kentucky offense is getting more snaps and Chris Rodriguez is getting more carries, I kind of think that bodes really well for him. Um, he's been really solid since he returned back from injury, and while I would like to see the price tag a little lower, I definitely think he's going to be a low-owned, sneaky good play this week against Tennessee. So the Ole Miss backfield situation is... Super duper interesting because they're both really good and they're both getting the ball a lot. Quinshawn Judkins got 25 carries in back-to-back weeks and Zach Evans also had 21 carries last week against Auburn. Look, they're both really, really good. I don't know which one to play on a particular week. I think I would tend to favor Judkins. Uh, I think he has more big playability. I think that they have shown willingness to give him more carries week in and week out, but Look, I think they're both good options. Like, the Ole Miss is going to run the football with Lane Kiffin as their offensive coordinator, and both of these guys are going to get it. Both these guys are going to be successful running the football. So um, whether you're playing Quinshawn Jenkins or Zach Evans, I think that both of those Ole Miss running backs are a solid play. So Kalen Laybourne of Marshall is somebody that, in my opinion, is really underpriced. I think he could be up there with Blake Corum and with Travis Dye in terms of his price tag, but he's not. He hasn't been under 24 fantasy points all season long at Marshall. And Marshall played Notre Dame, who's one of the better run defenses in the country. He also has never been under 100 yards this season. He's also never been without a touchdown this season. And he's seen at least 24 rushing attempts against every FBS opponent this season. So you've got floor, you've got ceiling, you've got consistency. I mean, what more do you want? I think Kalen Laybourne is a really, really good play at running back this week. And I don't know. I don't know whether he will be high-owned because people are just going to see the game log and click him, or I don't know if he'll be low-owned because nobody wants to play a group of five players. So it could go either way, but I really think he's a solid play. Kalen Laybourne of Marshall. Devon A-Chain of Texas A&M is one of the fastest players in the country and is an immediate big play threat every time he touches the ball. And I kind of think against Ole Miss, he's going to have the ability to do that. Now, A-Chain has never topped 20 carries in a game, but I don't know if he were to. This is the week. Ole Miss plays with a very fast tempo like Tennessee, and Ole Miss just gave up 38 points to Auburn, and Tank Bigsby of Auburn, their running back, had his best performance of the season by far against Ole Miss. So I think the Devon A-Chain, I think there's a lot of upside in him this week, and I really like the price tag. 
Richard Reese of Baylor has a very high ceiling. He's hit 38 points twice this season, which is super duper impressive. And I particularly don't think the Texas Tech defense is very good. So um, Richard Reese of Baylor is a value option if you are looking to play a value option at running back. However, I'm going to give you the ultimate value option at running back, and that is Caleb Hood of North Carolina. He is still minimum priced at 3000 on DraftKings, and he has started the last two games at running back for North Carolina, and he's done pretty well. So I don't know. If people find him, he's going to be very highly owned. But to play somebody $3,000 who is a starter in a good offense, like sign me up for that all day, every day. And I think if you play him at 3000 you have a lot of flexibility to play other guys, you know, and pay up for more salary, higher salary guys at other positions. All right, so that covers it for the running backs. Let's switch on over to talking about wide receivers. For the wide receiver position, we're going to do it the same way we we'll always do it, where I start at the top of the board and I talk about the receivers that are on that guy's team one at a time. So the very top of the board is Jordan Addison of USC. And I got to be honest, he's kind of a stay away from me this week. I don't think he's 100% healthy. And I'll be honest, I don't think he's worth the price tag that he's at. He could make me totally eat my words on that one, but I just, I'm not seeing it. And I don't want to play a guy that's not 100%. If he does sit, Mario Williams of USC is a really, really solid play to me. I think he's at a great price for what would be the number one wide receiver in that offense, which, like I mentioned, has an over-under of 76 and is the highest implied total on the slate. So if we get news that Jordan Addison's sitting, Mario Williams is like an auto play, in my opinion. Now, on the opposite sideline from USC, Jacob Cowing is Arizona's number one wide receiver. And look, he gets a solid workload every single week. And so I think he's a super consistent option. I definitely don't mind going to him. Um, I think if you're going to stack or onslaught a game, this is it with the over-under and with the spread being a little bit in favor of USC. Arizona is going to have to throw, throw, throw if they want to keep up. And they've got a few other receivers other than Cowan that actually are playable, in my opinion. The first one is Dorian Singer. He is kind of like their second option. Um, the third on the depth chart is Tetaroa. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Tetaroa McMillan. And then Tanner McLaughlin is the guy that comes in in 10 personnel, and he's the fourth wide receiver on the field. All four of those guys are playable options this week. McLaughlin is very cheap on DraftKings. He would be more of a punt play. But Singer and McMillan are definitely options that I think have reasonable floors considering the game script that they're going to be in. And they definitely have a ceiling, again, considering the game script that they're going to be in. So I think if you're onslaughting a game, there's a lot of options for that Arizona receiving core. We talk about Josh Downs a lot on here. Look, he's just a super solid option. He's got a very high floor. He is the target machine for UNC. He is their number one no doubt about it. Very solid play week in and week out. Very stackable with Drake May. Now, he has a teammate that I like a lot as well, and that is Antoine Green. He has taken hold of kind of the second fiddle role in that receiving core. He's been their second leading receiver for like three or four weeks in a row now, and DraftKings hasn't adjusted. His price is still $3,800 on DraftKings. FanDuel has him like right below Josh Downs. So, I think that's more where he should be because he's kind of creeping in on downs a little bit. But he is very high upside, $3,800, like super easy play to me. I don't know what DraftKings is doing. It's like they're not watching Carolina play or they're just forgetting to update their prices. Between Caleb Hood and Antoine Green, uh, if you play both of those guys, you're going to have a lot of flexibility building the rest of your lineup because of the low price points. So we talked about Hendon Hooker, right? And you can't talk about Hendon Hooker without talking about Jalen Hyatt. He's been incredible for Tennessee when Cedric Tillman has been out. And guess what? Cedric Tillman is missing another game in this one. And I think whether you're stacking him with Hooker or not, 
just I'm all in on Jalen Hyatt. Like he's got the upside. He's shown it. He's got a high floor because he's getting a solid workload with targets. And I just don't have enough good things to say about him. I'm surprised his price tag isn't up there with Jordan Addison and with Jacob Cowling. Now on the opposing sideline, I mentioned earlier about how quarterback Will Levis gets one of the worst Tennessee or one of the worst pass defenses in the nation in Tennessee. Well, Tavion Robinson, their number one wide receiver, is back, and I expect him to get his full workload this week. They find ways to get this guy the football, whether it's on screens, jet sweeps, you know, all kinds of different options. They're getting the football in Tavion Robinson's hands and against a bad secondary. I like the chances. I really like the upside for Tavion Robinson this week, and I think he's at a very reasonable price tag to pay for that upside. For Coastal Carolina, I think this Coastal Carolina Marshall game can get sneaky high scoring. I think this might be the sneaky shootout of the week. And Coastal has two receivers that I'm really interested in. The first one is Sam Pinckney. He is kind of their number one option, just a big bodied physical receiving option. He kind of lines up all over the field. And I, he's kind of their number one, but they also have a guy that's creeping in on him, and that is Jared Brown. He's their second leader in targets. Brown is much more affordable. Um, I know I didn't mention during the quarterback segment, but if you want to play Grayson McCall, I would be okay with stacking either of these two guys, Sam Pickney or Jared Brown. Like I said, I think this game can be the sneaky shootout of this slate. Now, speaking of shootouts, let's talk about Malik Heath of Ole Miss. So we know the Ole Miss offense likes to play with a lot of tempo, and they like to run the ball. But when they throw the ball, they're starting to throw it to Heath. As the season has progressed, he started to separate himself in the target share as this offense is number one wide receiver. And I just, I totally get going to him this week. We know they're going to play with a fast tempo. We know Texas A&M is struggling in all areas right now. And so, you know, Malik Heath, very good spot, very good option. And I like the fact that he is starting to separate himself in terms of the target share and the production and is the clear number one wide out there in Ole Miss's offense. On the other sideline for them, there are two receivers that have separated themselves for Texas A&M, and that is Evan Stewart and Moose Muhammad in that order. Uh, Evan Stewart's been pretty solid for three or four weeks now. Moose has been more up and down, but I think given that they're playing Ole Miss, who is a very fast tempo team and a very mediocre defense, I think that they both carry a lot of upside, and I have no problem playing either of them. I will not be playing a Texas A&M quarterback, but I can get behind playing one of those wide receivers. Last team that I'm going to talk about is Texas Tech. So we have been hyping up on here and in our lineups, Xavier White for a few weeks now. He turned into the number one option and the best player in that receiving core when Miles Price was injured. Well, guess what? Miles Price is coming back this week. So I think that if you're playing a Texas Tech receiver, it's got to be Miles Price. I think that all those targets are going to go back his way. And I don't know. I just have a hard time playing those other receivers. Cleveland, White, Bradley. I just have a hard time getting to them when I know that Miles Price is going to be playing. Now, granted, you know, they're on their third quarterback. It might be the other receivers, but I don't know. If I play one, it's going to be Miles Price, but it's a very unpredictable situation, and it might just be a stay away in general. All right, y'all. So that covers it for the wide receiver picks this week, and hopefully I gave you plenty of names to build your lineups around at all three positions. Like I said, it's a really good night slate of games this week, y'all. I'm really excited for it. Um, I'm really excited to watch the day games as well. I think that this is going to be a really good weekend of college football. If you are interested in getting more stats, facts, nuggets, plays, guys to avoid, injury updates, everything, I'm tweeting a lot more now than I used to. And so give me a follow at Mike's Money Picks. Help get the word out. Help me out. Mike's Money Picks. All right. 
Now, if you are liking what you're hearing on the podcast, please rate and subscribe. Helps me out a lot. Again, I'm trying to build this audience base up and you know, my college football episodes are my biggest episodes. So please help me out. Tell a friend. It really goes a long way. And then lastly, if you are interested in playing my full DFS lineups, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks for full access to those lineups. All right, y'all. So that pretty much does it for the podcast here. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully I gave you guys some guys that you can play and you know put in your lineups with confidence this week. Maybe I opened your eyes to some guys that you haven't thought of, but hopefully this helped. Really appreciate you guys for listening and I hope that I was able to return the favor. Thank you guys. See you next time. Thank you.